Preseason game one is in the books. I'll tell you everything that I saw and didn't see that you might like or dislike. We'll do it in just a second here on Locked on Jaguars. You are Locked on Jaguars, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, thank you, everyone, for joining me, Tony Wiggins, the host of the Locked On Jaguars podcast, where it's your team every day. And we thank you for making us your first listen. A quick reminder to you that we are free on our Locked On Locked On Jaguars YouTube page. Make sure you like, subscribe, hit the bell so you can receive notifications every time we drop an episode, which is daily. Also, if you happen to listen to podcasts, audio podcasts, make sure you check out Locked On Jaguars every single day to make sure you do not miss an episode. I want to give a special shout out to the everydayers for tuning in every day. And we call them everydayers because they're here every day. And you can do the same thing. All you got to do is just be here every day. I've said every day six times. Six. So now you know how to become an everydayer. Also, if it's your first time here, hope it's not your last. Hope you enjoyed the content. We're going to get right to it. Right now, we're going to talk about takeaways from preseason game one in the first segments. Bad habits are hard to overcome or they die hard we'll talk about a couple of things we saw that we don't like seeing and the reasons why they're very important that we get them out we get them out of our pot before we really start adding the rest of the ingredients and newcomers making noise we'll go over that newcomers are not just rookies there's some players who have been around but they haven't really had a chance to be playing a lot of minutes or a lot of snaps but they did the other day and they took advantage of it and may turn some heads and cause some people that you know to be without a gig. So let's get right to it. Jag win, Jags win 28-23. That's the good news. Jags didn't have uh, any catastrophic injuries, uh, the I word that we really hate using around here. But for the sake of the podcast, I'm using it today. They did not. The long snapper got banged up. He'll be out a few few days. Jags make a move and bring Carson Tinker, a a name that you know very well. He was here snapping, being a long snapper for a long time. That's just for them to to get through the week, go through joint practices with Detroit and possibly the game that happens this weekend. Uh, Doug Peterson even had his son back there long snapping. didn't work, so they went for it every single time on – uh, whenever they they were going for two or extra point conversion or whatever, PAT, they just said, we ain't going to screw around with it. We're just going to go ahead and try to go for it and get it instead of embarrassing ourselves, making ourselves look bad. But all in all, a, a decent performance. Um, like I said, a couple of bad habits, a couple of things that you want to see eradicated from the team. But this is the preseason. This is the preseason. So what we have here is um, what we have is, paralysis by analysis a lot of times and uh overreaction overreaction in a good way and overreaction in a bad way um some of the good tank bigsby is everything that he's advertised to be um the third string quarterback might be good enough i don't know if they keep three i i i i, I never thought i thought i thought it was all about cj bether but they might have hit on something a little bit. And, you know, Nathan Rourke played well the other day, man. I mean, he, he's a feisty little dude, 6'1", 210 pounds. 
he looked pretty decent. He looked pretty decent. And maybe he's a practice squad candidate if, if we can keep somebody from claiming him and put them on their roster. But he looked as good as any backup quarterback that I can imagine. Now, he was playing against backup players. The Dallas Cowboys didn't play any of their starters. Um, but, yeah, he, he looked pretty decent. Right tackle uh, – the rookie, Antoine Harrison. Jeez, he looked good. And I know I got about 10 DMs and texts from people saying, see, this is why they could let Jawan Taylor go. Well, first of all, don't start that because um, this kid might have not have been there in the draft. If somebody else picked them ahead, the Jaguars have been picking somebody. It could have been it could have been uh, the Burger Ron kid from Syracuse. So you didn't – they didn't know – three or four months later that this kid was going to be available to him. All right. And I'm sure they had a backup plan too. Y'all say that and still hope the team signs a, 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 a corner from somewhere or an edge rusher from somewhere. Well, imagine that they didn't need a offensive tackle and they would have been able to draft one of those guys. Y'all wouldn't have been saying a word. So I, I don't want to hear all of that. I don't, or what if they had taken Osiris Torrance and put him at left guard? And could have still had Juwan Taylor. So it, I'm glad they're right about it so far. I, I expected him to be able to play. So my love for the kid that left here has nothing to do with the kid that they drafted after he got. I expected him to be able to play. But I would hope that after four years or five years, they retain him too because he'll be 26 years old. I don't want him to go away and replace him with somebody new. At what point do we stop doing that? Dude? Is it just Is it just running backs that get replaced every three or four years? Or can we just say, no, how about us drafting some dudes and keeping them for 10, 12 years? Can we do that? And the only reason I'm saying that is because of, I didn't even bother to answer everybody, but everybody who said it to me, they they listened to the show. So I said, I'm going to wait till I say it then. Just because he played well doesn't mean that I don't think they should have kept the other kid. In fact, they could they could have kept him and played him at left tackle, as far as I'm concerned, if they drafted Harrison. Just play Harrison at left tackle. That's what he played in college. But anyway, other players that looked really good, uh, young guys, there were some people on defense. Uh, we'll talk about uh, Nasir Abdullah. Obviously, Jordan Smith made a couple of plays. Um, but there's one thing that, that we're going to get to before we get to segment two. I tweeted out that at this point, Caleb Von Chasen is is really a sunken cost. And, you know, I had a couple of people want to disagree with me without really paying attention to what I'm saying about sunken cost. Sunken cost has nothing to do with what they've already paid him. It's what they still have to pay him this year, which is over $4 million. And it's all guaranteed. All of it in salary, but it is the prorated. It's the prorated bonus as well as uh, the salary cap that is fully guaranteed that he has now. So even if they trade him away, it's going to save him a little bit over $2 million, maybe $2.3, million, And that's what someone would be on the hook for. Why would someone do it? Would you give the Jaguars anything if you were somebody else for Caleb? So right now it's a matter of if they just cut him or release him, they still have to pay him. So that's what I would do. I would just cut him and release him and just pay him his money. Because at this point, you ever getting a return from that contract or whatever is not going to happen. And I know I told folks the other day that 
I know for a fact people in that building like him because they like his work ethic. They like how he comes in. If you mention his name to people, they will smile. And that smile is not them laughing at that video of him on that beach. The smile is because they like him. He works hard. He tries hard. Here's my thing. He's just not very good. Playing the other day against no starters from Dallas, he didn't make any noise. But Yashir, Nashir, uh, Nasir Abdullah and Jordan, a rookie, and Jordan Smith, who missed all of last season with a, a leg injury, ended up coming in and making plays and doing stuff that that you want to see go from the field of practice. The only thing Caleb on Chason did was do the same thing Caleb on Chason always does. He runs around. He you know, his arms are flapping and he's moving around, but never, ever, ever any substantive plays. You just, I just don't see it. And I think everyone agrees with me. It's like, I would not be surprised, even with Jadavian Clowney apparently visiting this past weekend. I wouldn't be surprised if we wake up the Monday of game week or the Tuesday morning of game week and see Caleb on Chason's name right there on that list. I think all coaches look at guys and think that they can get something out of them. And, you know, 6'4", long arms, 245, 250, looks like looks like Tarzan. I just think everyone thinks that they can take that talent and turn it into something when, quite frankly, I've never seen it and I probably never will. And the sad thing about it is for the Jaguars, I don't think they're ever going to see anything either. I'm going to tell you about some stuff that was seen and heard uh, this weekend. Also, the fact that Doug Peterson, Doug Peterson did speak to uh, the media, which is why I recorded this a little bit later. Uh, We were on a Zoom call with Doug Peterson. I get to tell you some of the things he said. I'll do all of that in just a second here on Locked on Jaguars, but first I have to let you know that August is here and you know what that means, the official start of Fantasy Football Drafting Month. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on Underdog Fantasy. All you do is one live snake draft, no waivers, no trades. Underdog sets your best lineup every week. Try it with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. The largest fantasy football contest of all time is back and even bigger with $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. Last year, the winner drafted their team in July, so don't wait around. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with promo code Locked On to get your first deposit doubled to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code Locked On, all one word. Please make sure you try the easiest place to play fantasy football and the best place for best ball. All right, we're going to keep running it down here. Locked on Jaguars. And talking about preseason game. We listen to Doug Peterson this morning on a Zoom call. And first of all, the, uh, the if, you, if you're watching on YouTube, you see I have something that says bad habits die hard. Trevor Lawrence with these slow starts, man. Or maybe the, the, the slow starts are too fast in terms of that lively armor here. If Trevor's going to have any throwing problems, they usually happen very, very early in the game. And it's something you kind of want to get away from. Doug mentioned today, we don't want to pick. We want to start fast. We don't want to pick early. Um, I'm almost thinking that it, it feels like with Trevor, you got to get those first two or three throws out of the way. 
So I'm almost sitting there thinking like it's probably best to start him off with some easy stuff, which they did a little quick dump off on the side to uh, Calvin Ridley. And then they tried to run the ball and then they had to throw it. it I know it's preseason and I'm not going to overreact, but only because one of the things that I said the other day that I did not want to see. One of those things is I did not want to see Trevor Lawrence throwing interceptions early. We saw that too much. Now he had eight. He only had eight last year, right? But last year was wasn't just those throws. It was overthrows. It was those things early in the game that allowed them to get behind and have to come back too many times. You look at his stats at twenty five touchdowns and eight picks. It doesn't look like they were behind a lot. But if you watch the games, they came from behind quite often, especially later in the season. So the thing is, is you kind of want those things to go away and those things won't go away until he stops doing it, whether it's in the preseason or in the regular season. So hopefully he was just trying out something. Uh, Doug Peterson said today, because there was a lot of chatter amongst folks. Well, was it Calvin Ridley? Did Calvin Ridley run the wrong route? Did he drag his man into it? I never thought that because there are a lot of route combinations that the Jaguars actually have where you'll see two guys. You'll see two guys where they run routes a certain way and you have one here and one barely over him. So what they're trying to do when they put those two guys, they're trying to get one guy to commit and leave the other guy open. And and many times that's what happens, but these quarterbacks can actually make passes that a young, a lot of people don't realize that they can make. Like when you watch college or high school basketball football a lot, and you try to break those throws down, well, yeah, those routes don't make a whole bunch of sense. They make a lot of sense in the NFL because that little bit of room, a quarterback can actually get that ball in there. Trevor just underthrew the ball. He underthrew the ball. That ball should be thrown. The ball he tried to hit Evan Ingram with, it should be either overthrown or Evan Ingram's the only guy that can catch it. And he just, um, Doug said the ball slipped out of his hand. I'm sure that's what Trevor told him. And uh, I believe him because they ain't got no reason to lie. We all saw the bad play. If it was just a bad play, he would have said it. They've never lied to me. They've never tried to sugarcoat anything, and and they've been honest. So Trevor took ownership of it and admitted it. He did the old my fault, you know, my bad. That's on me, right? And that's always good to see a guy do that, except if you see him doing it all the time. You don't want a guy continuing to say, my bad, my bad. But they rebounded from it and were able to go and uh, score a touchdown. The offensive line, they got I think there were six pressures, two quarterback hits. And this is considering that the Cowboys have a really good pass rush. But here's the here's the issue with that. They didn't play any of those guys that, you know, there was no Michael Parsons who could He's one of the five best defensive players in the league. They didn't play all of the guys. I think they played Mozzie Smith, their first round pick a little bit. But the Cowboys weren't really weren't really fully staffed offensively and defensively. So from that being said, I don't know how much you can glean off of this. I don't know how much you can really take and say, okay, these guys did a good job. That's why I was so intent on focusing on the younger players. Um, Like I said, we'll get to a little bit of that in segment three. How would those younger players do? How would the guys do who are really, really competing for uh, a roster position? Greg Jr. had his name called enough for me to say he is in serious, serious contention for um, getting some playing time at that nickel perspective. You saw Chris Braswell make plays also. Uh, and I know I said I was going to get to it later, but I mentioned a couple of these young guys now because we have to break this cycle of being used to guys in their same position. And the people that I just mentioned 
are going to be guys that are going to contend to to take Trey Herndon's spot at the nickel position. I think it's imperative that they get the competition to do that. So I liked the fight. I liked the way um, the Jaguars were able to come back, especially from that early mistake. Um, They were really, really opportunistic. That's another thing. They were able to cause a couple of fumbles now, again, against backups. But the mindset of being able to be a team that causes turnovers and then being able to be the team that once the ball is on the ground, you get to it before anybody else, that that's more representative of the mindset of the entire team as, as much as it is just being um, playing against bad competition or being lucky. So I like that for the Jaguars. I really like the fact that they were able to stop the run. You just still have to temper it because it wasn't against the number one guys, but against the guys that were out there, they were able to stop the run. And they were also able to get a good push um, up front. We'll talk about more of that as we get to segment three here on Locked on Jaguars. We'll do it in just a second after I let you know that football season is about to kick off and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long because right now when you bet, on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash on. Man, just take some time to go and study FanDuel because it's going to really help you out before you actually make your bets. All right, segment three, we're going to get started. We're going to talk about some newcomers, guys that made some noise. Let's look at the offense, man, and look at the offensive line. And I don't mention these guys a whole bunch because everybody knows that I'm not necessarily the guy. I'll be deadly honest with you. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I can actually look at an offensive line and tell you every single thing that's going on. Some good news today, and that is that Luke Fortner, I found this out right before I started recording, Luke Fortner has been cleared. He's passed his physical, and he's now going to rejoin the team for all of their day-to-day activities. So, or not Luke Fort, no, that is Ben Barch, my bad. Ben Barch, the fourth-year player out of St. John's of Minnesota. Ben Barch, um, of course, everyone knows he went down with a, with an injury last year during the season. He was a little bit late to the party getting back together here before training camp. But the, he's here, and guess what? He's going to make a little noise. Um, Cooper Hodges. Cooper Hodges, rookie out of App State, who has been known as a hype man in practice, they like Cooper Hodges a lot. Cooper Hodges played really, really well. And he can play guard or tackle. But he played really well in the game, had a lot of um, – had a, got, a, got a lot of action and got himself greased up really, really well. So I think other than Anton Harrison, Anton Harrison, who was picked in the first round, Cooper Hodges would be another one of those young guys, I think, that would be one of the last nine or ten uh, linemen that they choose on this team, and it gives them a little bit of versatility. So – um good find by the jaguars a guy that you can really really stick in development and have a chance to uh, bring him along slowly and and create an identity on that offensive line so we were looking for people just like that like who's going to shake things up be the dude that you didn't expect 
to make it. And so far, Cooper Hodges, in my opinion, has done that. Uh, we talked a lot about Samus Reyes and his physique. Well, he's been put on, he's been placed on the uh, reserve retired list. I don't know what that necessarily means for him. I guess he's giving up football now. Somebody told me that he was going to be back on the beach in Brazil or wherever he's from. Uh, he's going he's gonna to do fine. Samus Reyes ain't going to hurt for nothing for the rest of his life. All he's got to do is just walk him down the beach all day, and trust me, somebody will be willing to take care of Samus Reyes. So uh, I say that jokingly, but um, uh, it looks like the project that is Samus Reyes, at least here in Jacksonville, is over. Because obviously Evan Ingram, Brenton Strange, Garrett Prince, Luke Farrell, all of those guys, they're all expected to be some of the top four or five, uh, some of the, the top four players at the position and there's just no room. Kevin Austin didn't have the greatest game the other day. He, you know, he has a couple of catchable balls, but uh, he's been the guy that's really, really been pushing everyone for that fifth spot. Tim Jones got behind the corner the other day, but the ball was a little bit underthrown. It would have been nice to see that throw for him to be able to make uh, a play. Oliver Martin had a pretty decent catch um, the other day, as well as um, who was the other receiver? Jacob Harris. Uh, who who looked really, really good. Um, they were just guys out there making plays and to the point where I got a phone call from a buddy of mine, and he said, dude, where do we get all of these receivers? Because they know Parker Washington is going to make the team, and obviously um, that's the position also where they list Jamal Agnew, who's really the special teams. Eh? But everybody was wondering, man, how are all of these guys going to get a chance to show up and make plays? Well, there were four or five receivers that you actually saw, and you like, Damn, I like them all. So uh, that's a quick look at the offense. We talked about Tank Bigsby. Tank Bigsby is the real deal. Nathan Rourke was like the player of the game, in my opinion, if you want to give it away to a preseason game. Over on the defensive side, I really like the way the defensive line played. Jeremiah Ledbetter uh, was was very, very active, uh, along with Roy Robinson Harris and some other players. Tyler Lacey got a chance to get involved in the action as well. Um Trayvon did some Trayvon things. He was able to get in. It's a little quiet for Josh Allen, but that's okay. Um, in terms of Shaq, Shaq Quarterman had a little bit of a tough time because there were some plays where Dallas got some success, and it appeared that they were right in his wheelhouse. So there'll be a little bit of more of a watch between him and Ventrell Miller uh, moving forward to see if uh, the Jaguars are able to move in that direction. I thought Jordan Smith earned himself uh, another real hard look in the next preseason game. And I think these practices this week in the joint practices in Detroit are going to be critical for him. Yasir Abdullah, I think he's on the team, period, point blank. He was already running with the twos, and the guy was able to get a sack. He has a knack for getting a sack. He has to not get caught up in um, in giving up that edge, though, because they'll run a little misdirection, and he'll fly down that line, and then the, he'll leave the team open for a boot or either for a screen on his side. So it's something – uh, the teams will try to take advantage of the fact of a young guy trying to get after it and make some plays. Um, he really has to watch himself with that. In terms of the defensive backs, we talked about Greg Jr., of course, and Chris Braswell. I didn't hear a lot about Eric Hallett the other day, but I did see the usual suspects flying around the ball. Uh, Antonio Johnson, uh, Devon Wilson, who just looks so good in his, in his gear because I like the way he I like his setup, man. He's long with those long arms. And we just haven't had a bunch of guys around here like that. Monteric Brown, 
got loose a little bit. He was out there. Didn't give up a whole lot. Um, I think they're really trying to see what they have in him and, and trying to have him be someone who puts up and and and, and puts on and tries to see if, if he's going to be able to stick. So all in all, some of the things that Doug Peterson talked about today was uh, the fact that dudes were able to do some of the same things in a game situation that they had been doing in practice. And whatever, however they felt about guys coming into the game off of the practice field that they'd never seen, I pretty think for the most part, I pretty much think that they, they still feel that way about them. No one that they really put out there um, had what I call a letdown performance. It's hard to say this without actually having an eye in the sky or knowing exactly what they were thinking. But I will tell you, I was a little bit disappointed in Shaq Quarterman, and I was a little bit disappointed um, with Kayla Von Chason. Now, one of those is a surprise, and one of them isn't, and I'll let y'all figure it out. But we'll see moving forward. Uh, the Jags have a different schedule this week. I'll try to make it out to practice tomorrow um, to go and see. It's a little bit later start than normal, so they'll probably give me a chance to come out and see. Obviously, they're getting close to start putting their installing and doing the things that they want to do. And with the practice, the joint practices Thursday and Friday uh, going on in Detroit, we have to really go out there. Uh, this will be one of our last times this week to really have a good look-see at what this team is doing. So as we build up towards those practices and what that means for the Jaguars, we'll continue to keep our eyes on the um, the situation with Jadavion Clowney to see if they will reach an agreement. Doug Peterson actually said, hey, the visit went well. You know, so we'll we'll see what happens with that. At least we now know that they're still exploring, looking at a veteran edge. I think this has as much to do with them letting go of a veteran than it does with the fact that they are not satisfied with the young people that they have. So we'll keep a little bit of a little bit of an eye on that. You keep an eye on us here and make sure you make your next watch locked on NFL, which is every single day, just like this podcast. It's your team every day. You can find it on YouTube and you can subscribe for free. And then you can just check out wherever you get your podcast to make sure you don't miss an episode of Locked On NFL. All right, until tomorrow, you guys take care of each other, and I'll make sure that I'm here to try to take care of you on the Locked On Jaguars podcast.